I get it started You are now tuned in to my parents' office yeah, With Brett Castle and Andrew Diaz New news dropping, yeah, you know where I'll be at Believe that, New England flow in your speakers Tryna run game, lace heat like sneakers In a flashlight, lightning bugs I pop up at your spot and I'm lighting up, yeah JR on a mic and I'm next to blow No commercials, I turn it to an episode Better get down to business, begin the show So let me get going, welcome to MPO What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the My Parents Office podcast. I am your host, Andrew Diaz. Today we got episode 129 of the podcast. Um, we've got an interview uh, on the second half of the show, a little different. Um, usually when, when I do an interview, I've kind of got a little background on the topic that, that we're talking about. Um, but this time it was one that I'm kind of blind to, and it was good to get uh, Ty Brazel. Um, Ty works um, with NASCAR as a pit crew member kind of a jack of all trades on a smaller team so he does a lot um for his team working pit crew working in the shop on cars and whatnot so we talked to him on the second half of the show he is the son of friend of the program strength coach bruce who we're hoping to get back on down the line in the near future um so i think that might be the first uh family duo to be on the show uh, which which is a, a pretty cool milestone we're 129 episodes in we're we're crossing that one off, um, one that I didn't expect we'd be uh, looking at, but, you know, it's cool to have. Before I get into uh, what I'm going to talk about along with the interview, make sure you check us out uh, on social media, at my parents' office, on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube, articles from the office on Substack, and um, my parents' office podcast on Facebook. Now, before I get into really everything... Um, you know, I set my goals every month um, with, you know, they're a little, I wouldn't say far-fetched, but there's stuff you, you want to strive for. They don't want to be easy goals. Uh, so I, I put my first one, I always put a couple of people I want to interview. First is Zach Guilford. I'm on a big Friday Night Lights kit currently. Um, he plays Matt Saracen. He's also, I believe, in like Chicago PD or another show like that. But I, I really just want to talk Friday Night Lights with him. Um so that would be a really cool one. I've reached out, um, DM'd him, um, reached out to his uh, agent or talent booker or whatever. So uh, uh, definitely hoping to get him on last resort, I guess it would be Cameo, maybe, which I really don't want to do. But uh, he, he would definitely be, I feel, a cool guest to get on the show. Um, next up is Matt Stoney, competitor of recent friend of the program, Joey Chestnut. But uh, Matt kind of transitioned out of competitive eating into the world of like YouTube and, and a lot of other stuff. So he, I think that would be a cool thing to talk about while Chestnut's still active and still killing what he does. Um, Stoney's kind of stepped away a little bit. And the third is Bill's O-Tackle, Spencer Brown, ultimate football guy. I took him in my football guy draft with Lachlan Berry. Go back and listen to that a few episodes ago. Um, just an ultimate all-around football dude come out of, coming out of a small school, plays mean, plays physical. Um, one of my favorite pictures of all time from this past NFL season is him just chugging the beer in the red unis. I think uh, cold weather day just looked absolutely sick. Um, so those are my three interviews. Um, I'm back in the dorms, um, which is, you know, exciting. I, the long winter break definitely stinks because um, you, you get uh, used to being home. And, you know, it, it's just me and my parents really when it comes to family. So being away from them is definitely tough. You know, I, I, I'm able to drive to them, though. I, I'm two hours away. Uh, so so I, I do take I, I do appreciate being close to them and not being 
um, on the other side of the country from them, which is cool. Um, but, but, you know, I, I still do miss them during the week uh, because they're the people I've spent pretty much my whole life with. We do a lot of stuff together. So missing my parents a little bit, but back up at school, get to be with my friends, get to see all my, my buddies that have been at sea on ships or doing internships over the winter. So talking to them is always awesome. So my school-related goals are pass my first chem exam that's coming up, uh, I believe the 18th. Um, it's in a few Fridays. Um, and then also just a fast, a fast start overall to classes. Um, taking four classes this semester with a lab. Um, you know, it's a lighter workload. Um, so I really need to kill this semester. That's my, my overall goal is to uh, really come out swinging and, and get, get a fast start. I mean, a fast start always means it is always good because you're not um, coming back from behind. Like I've, I've always kind of been in that range where it's like, I'll mess up first exam. And then it's, you're really clawing and trying to dig yourself out of a hole that you don't want to be in. And it's a lot of stress around the end of the semester. And then for me, the end of the semester, I'm going to be in the internship hunt and the weather's going to be nice up here in the Cape. I mean, we're up here till June. Um, there, there's no better spot in New England to be um, when the weather gets nice in the Cape. So, you know, I definitely want to enjoy that. The little less stress um, relating sort of to school with football. Um, we're starting workouts this week. Um, lift three times a week, conditioning twice. I want to add 15 pounds to my bench. You know, it went down a little bit. Um, so I, I want to get it up back to where you, where it used to be. Um, so, so I think doing workouts and getting back into football shape will, will definitely be a, a, a big thing I want to do, but adding that 15 pounds to my bench, I think will help me as a player. Um, excuse me, get a lot stronger. Um, and then, oh, I have another one related to school. Um, for my vessel charter and brokerage class, every day you have to put up a discussion board post. And the teacher I had last semester teaches the same class. So it was the same last semester for when I took uh, transportation operation. Um, and I, I, you know, got a little lazy with that. I, it's something I should have done in my grade, definitely reflected not putting up a discussion board every day. So I've got an alarm set uh, every day for like four o'clock to put up a discussion board post um, to, to, to help my grade. Cause it's a big chunk. I think it's like 20 or even 25% of my grade getting one up and like really putting some thought and effort into it. You know, I love putting up my songs of the month. I've got five this week for, or five this month for you. Ones that I've really been playing a lot. Uh, first new Jack Harlow song, nail tech banger. Uh, a lot of people don't like it because they think it sounds like the, the one he did with little Nas X. Um, just because there's horns in it. I mean, it, it's not the same. It, it's his, it's still his similar flow, uh, but it's just a great overall song, a, a great uh, a confidence building song, a pump up song. Uh, so, so that's making it. Window by Still Woozy, when I heard at the concert that I went to with Brett, the Still Woozy show in New Haven over winter break. Great song. Quiet Little Voices was when I heard when I was watching Hall Pass, the Owen Wilson, uh, Vince Vaughn. Is it Vince Vaughn? Owen Wilson, no, it's not Vince Vaughn. Who is in Hall Pass? Hall Pass. It is. Oh, Jason Sudeikis. It, it's Jason Sudeikis and Owen Wilson. Um, that was playing in the background, so I looked it up. Um, it, it's a really good song, an alt rock song. Uh, they're actually coming to Cambridge um, for a concert in the future. I think next month. So maybe it, it's a midday. It's a midweek one. Um, I went to a Spose one midweek last uh, semester. 
So I might go to this one. I think tickets will probably be cheap uh, if they're playing at Middle East or Sonia, which are both in Cambridge. Other song, another MC Lars song makes it. This time it's one with Watsky, uh, Never Afraid. It's about kind of like the books they read growing up and the adventures you can go on when you're reading these books through, uh, uh, av- or not Avatar. Uh, I'm, I'm completely drawing a blank on the books, but they bring up like Edgar Allan Poe, uh, Dr. Seuss, like books you read when you were young and how you transitioned to books when you were a high schooler, um, especially that nerdcore rap scene of music um, references a lot of books. I mean, especially uh, MC Lars, he's got this new song that he's taping the music video for with Weedest, uh, Finite Jest, which is off of the book Infinite Jest. Uh, he's got Ahab, which is about Captain Ahab, um, the, the, the Captain and Moby Dick, uh, uh, of course, um, Flow Like Poe where he raps as Edgar Allan Poe, which is uh, another just such a creative idea to do. It, it's so uh, it's so awesome seeing the stuff that the music he puts out through this nerdcore perspective. He's also got one Sleepy Hollow with uh, MC Ran or M Mega Ran. Um, so the, the, the way he really goes into books and pulls rap lyrics out of them and makes an awesome song it is so fascinating to me. And the final song, um, a, a classic Psycho Killer by the Talking Heads. Great overall song, I, I, in my opinion. Um, and, and one that I just, I kind of went on, I was just looking through songs one day. I think I put maybe like my radio on uh, Apple Music and, and this came up. Um, so I ended up just been listening to that one a good amount and kind of went down a little Talking Heads rabbit hole. This is the one that got me in that rabbit hole. So got to go with that on there. So, and then my blog count for, the first two months of the year, February and January, is at 81 blogs so far. Done one every day so far. Trying to keep that up. Um, so definitely seeing how, how it'll be a little bit tougher with school going on. But, you know, that's the challenge in it. Blogging every day. Um, and, and putting out good stories. I don't want to put out, like, these crappy, uh, just, just crappy stories that aren't, aren't really, uh, that, that feel rushed and feel like they, I didn't put a lot of effort in. That's not what I, what I want to do. Um, other stuff I'm interviewing, I'm taping this on a Sunday. Um, I'm doing sort of an interview with something called uh, Student Union Sports, where it's a um, all student run, um, all students uh, are on this, this uh, media website, and they are from different schools across the nation. They blog, they podcast. I'm trying to get my foot in the door with them. I'm talking to the, the, the founder of it on Monday. So we'll, we'll see how it goes. If I can get my blogs and podcasts pumping through there to get a little more promotion for it, that would be awesome. It, it's something that I, I enjoy doing. So the more I can get it to grow would be really, really cool. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm optimistic about how that will turn out. Um, you, you never really know, but they've, they've got a, a good amount of guys on their, uh, on their staff of, of writers, po- uh, podcasters. So um you know, I'm looking forward to that, whatever the future holds with that. Uh, final note with my parents' office, I am putting out a new t-shirt this week um, in partnership with, you know, my mom uh, works with the Shoebox Project, which helps collect gifts, or not gifts, but uh, supplies um, and d- different things that women may need um, who are at risk of homelessness, um, Around the holidays is always tough with domestic violence. It, it goes towards the, the less fortunate and the women that are at risk of, of homelessness. And 
um, domestic abuse. So it, it's something my mom picked up working with. She, she really took the, the bull by the horns with that and has worked super hard with it. So it, it's something that's near and dear to my heart. And it's really gut wrenching. She went to a few of the shelters last year and, um, you know, uh, visited with the women and dropped stuff off. And she came back and was just almost in tears because it's such a sad thing to see that people have to go through stuff like this. So um, with every shirt sold, all the proceeds of it are going towards the shoebox project. Where I sold one t-shirt or 200, that money is going to benefit that. I just want to do as little as it may be. I just want to help this, this, uh, this cause that, you know, it, it's something that my mother cares about. And it's something I've grown to really care about because like I said before, no, no woman and no person should ever have to go through this, uh, a struggle like this. It's, it's just a terrible thing to see. Um, so these shirts will be dropping on, um, I believe Tuesday, uh, March 8th, I believe that is international women's day. So, um, but, but yeah, it's, I I really think this could be a, a cool cause to get behind and something that I really want to, to help with. Um, so make sure you keep an eye out for those. I believe shirts are probably, I think maybe $15. And like I said before, all proceeds are going directly to, um, the shoebox project. No money is coming back to my pocket. Um, so yeah, I, I hope you guys support it. Um, if not, even if you don't have the money to buy a shirt, if you donate to it, that money will go right to the shoebox project. But it, it, like I said, I keep saying it, but it's something that um, should get more light shined upon. Um, so I, I, I hope you guys all all support the, the shoebox project collaboration with the My Parents Office podcast. I said that was the last thing for the, the podcast, but one more. I'm running a March Madness bracket where um, through, through the show where the winner of it, it's not going to be a buy-in and uh, I don't want to have to deal with money where I'm paying it out to a, a winner, um, especially with dealing with the money through the shoebox project. I don't want to have those two things uh, intertwining. So the winner of the March Madness bracket will win a My Parents Office t-shirt, one of the original uh, black ones with the circular logo on it, the like laminated style logo. Um, so if you want to get in on that, DM me on Instagram uh, at My Parents Office or at Fresh Legs Diaz. I'll send you the link with the password. I'll try to get as many people in just, just to kind of build a community through the show of people that, you know, are college basketball fans like myself. It's an exciting time of the year uh, and b- building the brackets in high school. When those would come out, I would always get so excited. So this is something I, I really want to do. And, and like I said, build a little community uh, amongst people and have a prize at the end of the tunnel for somebody to win. Uh, so I, I hope you guys join. Like I said, no money buying for that. Uh, I, I, I don't want to have to deal with the cross-pollination of money from the shoebox project and uh, this bracket. So yeah, winner gets a t-shirt. Um, trying to think if there's anything else I have um you know honestly I don't think I have anything else um so Brett and I will be back with an episode down the line for uh college wrestling for the NCAAs and we're gonna have a lot more drafts coming up we've got a beach draft coming up with Hugh and Mac uh, a hangover draft with Hugh and John Downey uh Downey's coming back he was at seed this uh this winter as well so we'll hear some stories from him because he was in port a little more often it'll be good to talk to him leo algar uh who's on for the halloween draft will join for a conspiracy theory draft as well 
That may be just me and him. I'm not too sure yet. And then uh, Brennan Crow, hopefully, will be on the show for a Philly draft. Lachlan Barry is going to be on. You're going to hear his voice a lot more with the draft uh, coming up and free agency and the combine coming to an end soon. So he'll definitely be on so we can talk all about that. My, my, my college football uh, insider, I should call him, Lachlan Barry of the My Parents Office podcast. So, yes, yeah, stay tuned for all that stuff coming up. But uh, without further ado, here is our interview with uh, a NASCAR. I, like I said, there's really no label to put on him, more of a, a jack-of-all-trades, uh, Ty Brazel. Uh, I hope you guys enjoy this interview, and here you go. All right, now joining the show, we have on Ty Brazel, uh, NASCAR pit crew, um, kind of jack-of-all-trades right now, uh, member. Ty, what's going on? What's up, man? How you doing? I'm doing good. I'm excited to get you on, especially to talk about uh, a topic, at least I'm not, like, super familiar with, with uh, NASCAR, but uh, um, your dad, he's been on the show before. I, I reached out to him about getting you on. He seems super proud. He's always posting about you with uh, all the – the stuff you're doing it seems wicked cool so i definitely wanted to talk about uh just kind of the life of a pit crew member and what you guys kind of do so uh, i'm happy to get you on yeah it was uh good to be here i'm glad i was you know able to find some time you kind of mm-hmm. caught me at the perfect timing you know <laughs> got like a little bit of time here and there before i'm out on the west coast for the next like three weeks awesome awesome so what are you guys heading uh, obviously for a race but uh what race specifically are you guys heading out to the west coast for uh, so this upcoming weekend will be in Fontana, California, mm-hmm. and then next weekend will be Vegas. And then the weekend after that will be Phoenix. That's pretty sweet. That's a, it's a, a good little uh, stretch for you right there. Yeah. Nice little uh, three week swing. Now, how does, when you guys go out for a race, especially you're going to be out there for three weeks, you're going to three different cities. What is the, uh, you've got race day. What are the other days um, look like uh, taking out travel days, the days in between where you're in Vegas or you're in Phoenix, what will that kind of look like? Mm-hmm. So this will actually be kind of like my first, like other than this past week at Daytona, but my also my more or less like first taste of their normal like race procedure, just because I kind of, I like kind of started as like a little internship deal last fall for like the last two months ish, so like the last nine races, but they were still kind of in their, COVID protocol deal where they weren't really doing like practice or qualifying. It was kind of just show up, go through tech inspection and then race. Gotcha. Um, but now it's, you know, you kind of, you show up um, generally you have like practice one day or something like that, you know, you'll go in the shop, work, you know, do whatever little adjustments you need for a couple hours, go out, run a couple practice laps. Um, come That's usually maybe just under an hour or so. Uh, come back into the garage during practice or, you know, make a little adjustments you need, kind of test out what works, what doesn't. Um, then, you know, practice will end. And generally that's kind of, and that's generally kind of the end of that day. Um, depending on how long, you know, depending on how long they have kind of before the race, they might do a day or two of it. They might do one day of it. Um, and then generally, you know, the day after you have your practice, um, a lot of times you'll go into your qualifiers Okay. Um, generally these are like just, you know, single car, your one car will go out. They'll do basically two laps. They'll come off a pit road, Mm -hmm. do their one lap to kind of get up to speed and, you know, get out there. And then their second lap will pretty, pretty much be four time. Okay. And, uh, essentially, you know, trying to just fastest time out there. 
Yeah. Um, and that pretty much just arranges the pole positions and whatnot. And a lot of times there's, you know, there's a, a cap for the race, you know, so if only 40 cars can race, but, you know, like 44 show up mm-hmm. qualifying, you know, we'll get rid of those, you know, four cars will go home after that. Um, and then basically, you know, you have your qualifiers after that, it pretty much, your car pretty much gets like impounded, you know, gets put back in the garage, can't touch it. Mm-hmm. do whatever you know pretty much go home garage closes um and then generally either later that same day or the next day you'll come back open the garage up um and then pretty much get ready for race time and then you nice. know you'll go through a uh, tech or inspection you know sometime a couple times you know maybe once before practice once before qualifying and then um, after qualifying you generally don't need to go through tech again it's kind of just last minute NASCAR will come by make sure everything's good. Watch you, you know, push your car out, do all that deal. And then it's race time. Okay. So before you got into, so you said like this job kind of started as an internship for you mm-hmm. um, and rolled into what you're doing now. Um, how much were you into NASCAR beforehand? Um, like, was uh, this- Not at all, honestly. <laughs> like what was, so when, how did this kind of become a, a thing that you all just applied for the internship? Like when did this all roll into a, kind of a career for you now uh honestly so funny enough it was like freshman year of college my dad actually found this uh like drive for diversity program which is um basically trying to get you know more uh minorities into into nascar essentially you know whether it's you know through driving or there's the other part of it um pit crew and so i kind of looked at that um ended up being a thing where you know like if i got selected for it yeah, I'd be gone for the next forever. So I had to kind of wait until end of senior year to really apply for it. Um, so I applied for the pit crew because I really want, you know, that seemed interesting in sports my whole life, you know, be something cool, something better than sitting at a desk every day, you know, yeah. doing stuff like that. And uh, so I basically applied through that to come through the pit program. Now, actually, funny enough, when I applied, they were kind of starting this new track for not necessarily straight up athletes who would come in and be pit crew only, but people kind of like me, you know, who played sports, but were also, you know, like mechanical, like engineering degrees or, you know, like uh, mechanics or techs at other uh, shops, you know, dealers, car dealerships and stuff like that. And we would be more focused on the car chief, crew chief, side of NASCAR, which is, you know, kind of like in the shop, setting up the cars, working on the cars, um, pretty much getting the cars ready for race day. And then also like pitting as kind of like your side deal. It's like your, you know, your minor. Mm-hmm. And um, so instead of basically doing five days a week, two a days of pit practice, I came in in the fall and did maybe like two or three times a week practice you know like in the evening and then I would be and you know I'd be at the shop um all the pretty much you know normal normal shop hours the whole week before practice and whatnot and then um so yeah it kind of just went from there um the team that I'm currently working for right now they you know wanted me to come back once the season picked back up again and here we are now what other positions were like available to apply for uh because you said like you ended up picking pit or you know, doing, doing picks, you were an athlete and then it transitioned to what you're doing now, kind of a mix of everything. What other positions were open and did you kind of ever consider uh, picking one of the other positions? 
Um, I mean, other than coming in and, you know, trying your hand at being a pit crew, the other thing was like a driver. Oh. Now, that would be, you know, it would be super fun, you know, to yeah. try and be a driver. But, you know, a lot of those people start at, you know, five, six-year-olds with like go-karts and stuff like that. Generally, the drivers, you know, have a pretty long history of like racing since they were kids. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, that just wasn't super viable for me. Gotcha. Now, with so how do crews work? Is it like one crew is assigned to one driver throughout a season or do you guys bounce around to other drivers through a season? Um, so for the, for like the much bigger teams, like, uh, like your Penske, your Hendrick, uh, Joe Gibbs and all them, um, generally each crew kind of has, you know, one driver, you know, like their one driver will have this car, this car number, and you'll pretty much be work. They'll pretty much be working with the same like crew chief, same pit crew, you know, same people throughout the year. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of smaller teams, kind of like us, it's more of kind of like a, a weekly what we can get basis sort of deal. You know, like we'll have drivers come in here and there. Um, they might want to sign for a couple races. They might want to sign for one week race. You know, it's kind of get a mixed match uh, sort of drivers. But um, actually, luckily, we just signed, uh, had one driver sign up for to run like the full time Xfinity schedule, um, JJ okay. Yaley. So we'll be pretty much working with him the rest of this year for Xfinity. That's pretty cool. That's uh, that's nice. Now, how big is your guys' actual crew? Did you mention it's a smaller crew? And what what is like the size difference between what you would characterize as a small crew versus a, a, a big time crew? Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> uh, as of now, our, our team is actually even smaller than it was in the fall. So I'd say in total, we have maybe 15 of us. Okay. And so that's 15 of us to work on the cars, get all the cars ready. And then a lot of times, you know, obviously most of us are going on the road to do the car stuff at the track. And then most of us also pit. Um, As of right now, we don't quite have, like, we don't have a Jackman really anymore. So, and uh, I think one of our changers is kind of, you know, we're still kind of need a changer here and there. Um, so we don't quite have a full pit crew's worth mm-hmm. right now anymore. Um, so that's basically us. And then a bigger team, you'll have maybe 10 or 15 people just working on the car. And then you have your separate pit crew. And then you might have a separate road crew okay. versus like, you know, you're the guys at the shop that stay in the shop all week. Right. And then your road crew that goes out with the car to the track. And uh, yeah. So like kind of just to put it in perspective at the uh, the Daytona test for the uh, new cars, the next gen cars, uh, like beginning, middle of January ish. Um, it was basically just us for our one car. And that was we had eight of us there, which was pretty much, you know, our whole shop at that point. Yeah. And versus the guys in the stall in the garage stall next to us had about 20 engineers just sitting at tables on their computers looking at you know analyzing data and stuff for their cars for their car that came out when I was <laughs> and those are just the engineers analyzing the data versus, and then they had you know another maybe five six people that worked on the car when it came in you know made adjustments and all that stuff so that when you were saying small crew I now that you explain it 15 does it, it when you can put that in comparison to the engineers it's not a lot when you've got eight guys compared to 20 engineers, but I thought you were going to say 
yeah, we've got like uh, five or six guys. I didn't realize like the magnitude of uh, like what the crews actually consisted of, but that's the 20 engineers thing. That's just absolutely wild. Cause you know, I'll, I'll just watch the races occasionally. You don't think about all of, you think about the pit crew cause you see that come through, but you don't think of anything mm-hmm. else really that goes along if you're a casual fan of uh, NASCAR, which, you know, that, that's, that engineer thing just blows my mind. Yeah. It, it, that's crazy. That's uh, so Daytona is kind of like the uh, Holy grail, like the super bowl of NASCAR. At least that's what it seems like. Um, how was that experience for you? Uh, it was pretty cool. I, I'd never really been there before. Um, mm-hmm. Big track kind of sucks here and there, you know, push pit boxes and stuff up and down pit road. Um, but I mean, other than that, it was, it was pretty cool. It was, you know, new experience. I'll have plenty of those. There's plenty of tracks that I haven't been to yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, if you ever get the chance, I would definitely go. Yeah. That's, it, it seems awesome. Like a great experience. Um, now what was, did you have, uh, obviously you played, sports in college and high school, you know, like you have that wake up moment, like that welcome to college moment in a sport. Mm-hmm. Did you ever have that wake up uh, like this is NASCAR or this is racing moment for you? Um, and if so, when did that happen? Uh, I think I would I'd say I had maybe like one or two, one, like one being in the shop. There was, there's definitely been a couple of times where it's, you know, it's crunch time. There aren't a lot of us and we're working, you know, Till like midnight for a couple of days straight trying to yeah. get the cars and stuff ready and that, that was just like uh god yeah. yeah i hope i don't have to do this every week type deal but you know this is racing you got to get it done mm-hmm. and then um for, uh last last year and like in the fall uh i was lucky enough to kind of get as my one kind of like more or less my first outing just get thrown over the wall in phoenix okay. which was um, like the championship race for cup or whatever. It was just kind of like, you know, we had a second car. Uh, it was just kind of, we're going to run it for, you know, we weren't going to run the whole race for it, but we we're going to run, you know, maybe a stage or two, something like that. Just needed, just go out there, do what you need to do. Just get, you know, it doesn't need to be super quick or anything, but just go and do what we need to do for pit. And uh, yeah. So that first time he came in, I was just kind of like, man, you, you kind of get that feeling of like right before a game and all that stuff. And it's just like, wow, this, you know, this is crazy. It's, you know, especially yeah. with all the fans being there and whatnot and being pretty much my first time. It's a pretty surreal experience. That's crazy. Now, how, how much does um, you staying in shape have to go into uh, this job? Like how much do you prioritize that? Or is that not uh, a huge thing that goes into it? Or is it super important? Um, I would definitely say because just because uh, a lot of our time it like, you know, because we're doing both shop stuff and picture stuff, a lot of our time is definitely spent more in the shop doing, you know, car setup and whatnot and all that. Um, definitely try and get to the gym, stay in shape sort of, you know, when we can. Um, granted, time is, you know, scar- uh, scarce. Mm. Um, but as, as far as if you know being full-time pit crew you know that's all you do um it's definitely definitely a good idea to stay in shape you know i've even during practice after like three three live stops of practice you start to feel it a little if you're not doing it mm-hmm. every day now did, did you feel that like did you kind of realize that immediately once you got into uh your internship and then when it rolled over to a job like 
at what point did you realize that was going to become an important thing? Um, I mean, I, I kind of had in my head that it was definitely something to, to keep doing, you know, even once I started, you know, just here and there, you know, at least try to stay in some sort of shape, you know, don't, there's no need to, you know, just stop completely because, you know, at some point you need it going over the wall and I, and even not, even then, you know, it's just a good break from, you know, not doing anything and not being super active and being in the shop all day. Gotcha. Yeah. So you, you just mentioned, uh, you know, free time for you is scarce. Um, in, in that free time, what, what do you kind of do to unwind from uh, the intensity of working on the cars and uh, being in the shop all day? Uh, either some video games, watch some TV or something. I don't really have too much time to, you know, really like go out and do stuff. It's more of just kind of like come home tired eat shower and then just unwind for a couple hours before you got to go to bed to wake up and do it again gotcha gotcha um so like you mentioned before you were a college athlete um if you're an athlete you listen to music you, you try to pump yourself up before games is there any like pre uh race rituals that you've kind of developed any music you listen to anything to that sort yet uh not really, actually. It's kind of just still getting into like the pre-race routine, just getting used to getting, you know, still getting used to going through tech, doing, you know, everything that we need to do to get through tech. Mm-hmm. Um, we might have a couple minutes of downtime here and there between like tech and practice or, you know, tech and qualifying or qualifying and race time. But even that's usually kind of filled with doing little things here and there. Mm-hmm. And it's just kind of just a buildup of getting ready to race time. Okay. Okay. So when you were at Alabama, what did you major in? Uh, mechanical engineering. Mechanical engineering. Did you, what did you want to do? Like when you went to uh, college, what was the, your, everybody kind of somewhat has an idea of what kind of job they want to get out of college. What was uh, your idea as a freshman versus uh, how it kind of turned out for you where you're working in NASCAR and something that's pretty uh, unique? Uh, you know, it's, kind of somewhat similar I'd always kind of wanted to go into doing something with either cars or motorcycles um I didn't necessarily want to be kind of like you're just your everyday mechanic that I wasn't really like a big shop guy so like being in the shop for super long was always kind of like eh like I'll do it but it wasn't really what I liked Mm -hmm. funny enough that's what I'm pretty much what I'm doing now yeah but um yeah I don't know it just kind of went from an idea of you know, all those, you know, the cool shows like West Coast Customs and um, like uh, Garage Monkey and all that stuff. And then just seeing other stuff were just like cool, like videos for like motorcycle, like uh, moto vloggers and whatnot. It was kind of like, eh, I kind of want to do something along those lines. I wasn't 100% sure. And it kind of just worked out this way, kind of just came into this. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Now, th- this past weekend with Daytona happening, my Twitter timeline was flooded with uh, videos from the track. And I-, I think one thing I've never thought about, I knew the walls were or the yeah, the walls were a little bit steeper, but I didn't realize how steep they were. Did- was that kind of a, a surprise to you with how they were? Because I've never seen them like I did in some of the videos this weekend where. Oh, yeah. The uh, the banking like- on the turns are definitely <laughs> they're definitely much steeper than <laughs> than you really think. That, that's absolutely nuts. I never, like, I knew that it was, it had to be somewhat like that, but just for, it's pretty much just like another wall. Like you're driving sideways. That's wild. 
Yeah, yeah, you got to keep pretty much as much force pushing down on the cars to keep the traction to continue yeah. going, you know, 180 miles around 180 miles an hour around that track. That's crazy. Now, do you with you guys working with so many different drivers, um, do you currently have a favorite driver in NASCAR right now? Maybe one that you've worked with or one that maybe you're just a fan of in general? Uh, not really, but the, uh, the one that just signed up to drive the year with us, JJ Yaley, he's, uh, we worked with him a couple of times in last fall. Um, and then, you know, obviously this past week, he's, he's a pretty cool dude. And then, um, Timmy Hill, he's, he's a pretty good, he's a really good guy. Um, he also does truck races. He has a, he has a truck team. Um, so like he'll, he drives for us pretty much like he's I, just, I would say he's one of our more consistent drivers like he'll be in there maybe every other week if not every week sort of deal you know if we don't have anybody coming in like oh you know got huge money bring it in sponsor and be like hey timmy you know you, you want to drive sort of deal and so he kind of helps us helps us out with that and then you know sometimes a lot of times we'll go over and pit his truck team so it kind of works yeah. works out that's cool now, as a whole, like the NASCAR community, when uh, on the inside of it, like drivers, pit crew, uh, people, engineers, people working in the shops, how, how is the, uh, the attitudes from them? Is it uh, genuinely friendly? Um, do you get any people that can kind of be uh, uh, rude or unwelcoming? Or is there certain groups of people that are like that that you've encountered in, uh, uh, since you've been doing this? Uh, I mean, it's it being such a big sport and whatnot, you know, you're going to have your groups of people here and there. I've, I've pretty much only had pretty positive experiences. You know, I haven't really run into anybody who's just, you know, rude all the time or out there. And a lot of times, you know, you, you have your bad days, you might be a little snappy, but for the most part, everybody's pretty positive. Everybody's, you know, just trying to get their job done and whatnot. So a lot of times if they snap at you, it's not necessarily, you know, them being mean or anything. It's, stress or you know just time crunch and whatnot but i think all in all the whole nascar community is pretty supportive of each other Mm -hmm. gotcha that that's that's all that's kind of good to see and especially in a sport that's uh so big especially with how many different teams there are with uh especially now that i know like that the drivers kind of some of them switch crews every week and stuff like that that there's uh, a a good rapport among among a lot of them that's a, a nice thing to hear about but uh, Ty, I appreciate you coming on to kind of shed a little light on uh, NASCAR and the kind of the life and uh, what what a person in the pit crew and in the shop does. Because this, uh, you know, a lot of this stuff I had no idea about. I had kind of bare bones uh, knowledge of NASCAR. All I really knew about was uh, that the walls on the side were steep and uh, that Daytona happened this weekend. So I appreciate you coming on to talk about this. Yeah, no, for sure. It was really fun being on here. You know, thanks for having me. Yeah, definitely. Uh, next time, maybe next year around Daytona time, we can get you on. I'll study up a little bit more on NASCAR and we can talk a little bit more about that. But uh, good luck uh, these next three weeks out on the West Coast. It should be a good time for you. And I'm, I'm rooting for you guys. All right. Appreciate it. Thank you very much, man. Thanks, Ty. And thank you for listening to this episode of the My Parents Office podcast. Stay tuned for more episodes we'll be dropping this week. Yeah, yeah. Ever since flip phones, I was trying to slide. Go bananas trying to be the apple of your eye. Real shit, baby. Got me stressed on vacation. No escape.